From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's February 4th, 2022. You're listening to the best poker cast on the planet. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. What's up? Uh, well, uh, I love this first item this week. Um, <laughs> because, you know, Phil Hellmuth's temper tantrums are so legendary that other players' rants are compared to his. It, it's almost like it's like the, uh, what's the scale for earthquakes? Oh, yeah, the Geiger scale. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. It's like, uh, this time frame was a seven on the Phil Helmuth temper tantrum scale. (laughs) Uh, That's exactly what happened this week. Uh, So uh, a Japanese player went on a major tilt. Um, Actually, he came call a player because I'm sure he was in the tournament. Uh, But during a recent live stream of the final table of the Japan Gold Dragon, a man who is not a current player is seen walking up to the table, picking it up, and when he failed to flip it over, weakling, let it crash to the ground, scattering poker chips and cans of Red Bull everywhere. The man, who has not been identified, returned quickly to share words with staff who were trying to clean up the mess. Uh, no details on what the man's beef was or what happened to him, but Twitter user GreatScottTX, that's not me because I'm in Florida. Yeah, and Scott. you're not great either, so. Uh, he won the internet by tweeting, quote, Phil Helmuth would only get a one-orbit penalty for this. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did you watch this thing? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. Usually, but this one I, I I couldn't couldn't stop. I had to I had to watch it. It was a train wreck that uh, ran into another train that ran into a bus that hit a plane. That's that's how awesome it was. So people always underestimate either how heavy these tables are or that they're you know anchored to the floor or whatever. And they always you know I mean you've seen them. You've seen videos of them being tipped over like when the lights go out in Vegas or something and people cash grab and stuff like that. But yeah, people always struggle. They don't realize just how heavy these tables are. Uh, yeah, um, and I don't know why you wouldn't think it was heavy. I mean, I, maybe this was just a uh, crime of passion here, where the guy just got upset about something and just, hey, I'm going to flip that table, and then realized as he was warning up that this isn't the little card table that I flip out at home whenever I get upset. Like, <laughs> and I, I don't know, but I'm like, I mean, there's no expectation that you're going to be able to flip this table over. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know, maybe that wasn't his intention. We don't know anything about this, which is really weird. But my favorite part of it was, is he, you know, not that he couldn't flip the table over, but he did enough damage. I mean, the chips were everywhere, and, and they're right. Everybody was drinking Red Bull there. It must be like the national drink. National of- drink, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he did a lot of damage with that, but then... <laughs> He just calmly comes back and just starts talking to one of the staff. Not even screaming or flailing his arms, just sitting there talking to him, having a conversation, you know. You know, like on the mound, you know, trying yeah. to figure out if I candlesticks, you know. I don't know. But uh, it was just, I'm like, this is surreal. I'm like, uh, and we have nothing from Texas on this week's show other than Great Scott TX there, right? Yeah, there. you got to squeeze it in, though. You got something in. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and add an item here by just saying, if this happened in Texas, <laughs> can you imagine what that video would look like? <laughs> there would there'd not be, be any calmness in that video. There would be a lot of shotguns in the frame, I think. guns being fired. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, like the dealer was just docile. The players were like, I'm probably shocked. Like this just happened. And, uh, uh, and then the staff are coming over and just like cleaning it up, which I thought was awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, then the, and then the perpetrator just comes back and just has a conversation. Like, yeah. And it's awesome. You know, if you're like, if you're a, 
fly on the wall, it's probably like, oh, that's just Joe. He does that every week. <laughs> you know, he, he always comes in and does that. And, uh, you know, or he's like a mafia head, you know, and what are you going to do? Overreact? That guy's going to blow your head off. So let him do what he wants to do. You know, turn the table over. And when he gets out, we'll keep playing poker. Oh, man. Yeah, because here in the U.S., and I, I'm picking on Texas just because, you know, we're picking on Texas every week. But but here, I'm like, I think the first reaction would be everybody is like, how many ships did I have? Yes, How yes. Like to get them back? And they did resume the tournament. So, I mean, the good thing about, you know, a live stream and, and obviously, well, any casino for that matter uh, has cameras. So yeah. they're in the sky. pretty good job of recreating chip stacks and things like that. But um, uh, that's what I would be upset about to begin with because, you know, uh, I, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm not going to be swinging any uh, fist here. <laughs> no, no. Anybody, and and uh, I do not own a gun. I do not pack heat, so I can't help you with that either. So I would just be more concerned about, uh, one, uh, if I get all my chips back, and two, how quickly the cocktail uh, woman can give me my Red Bull again. So, Well, if this was the World Series event and I was at that table, the dealer would turn to me and said, you're SOL. Yep, yep, SOL. See you. Yeah, see Thank you later. You guys. Sorry. Guys are all done. Glad you paid $1,500 for nothing. Hit the road. See you next year. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but man, this this tweet, I love this tweet. I'm like, because uh, I'm like, the best humor um, is that that subtle humor, right? I'm like, there's all kinds of things you could say about this, but this guy took it to that second level, right? He he, he put the time in for the joke <laughs> and said this when this isn't oh Phil Hillmuth would do this, right? That that's the that's the baseline joke, right? Yeah, right. The funny joke is taking it to that next level and saying that Phil Hillmuth would do this. But it would only get him one armor pedal. Right. He's zinging the uh, the industry as well as the person. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. It's a very well-crafted t- tweet. So very, very, very happy. It's like it. the Jordan rules, except it's Helmuth. Yes, exactly. Somebody yeah. needs to write that book, The Helmuth <laughs> Rules. <laughs> the Helmuth Rules. Rule number one. <laughs> It'll probably be Phil Helmuth that writes it, you know. <laughs> Rule number one, he sets the Geiger counter uh, to uh, 10. Helmuth. What did you call it? The Helmuth Temper Tantrum Geiger uh, counter with that counter. <laughs> yeah, I'll come up with a better thing. Uh, uh, I got two shows left to come up with a better name for that, so I'll work on that. But I mean, you gotta love the title of the tournament, the Japan yes. Gold Dragon. Japan Gold Dragon. That is awesome. It goes back to like that Iron Chef thing that you were talking about last week, right? Yes. Down and he drops the like the octopus from this guy. Yes. Iron Chef. It's awesome. I just like how one how docile Japanese people are in this. Like we just mentioned, but then how intense they can get at the same time. I mean, it's it's they're just they so creative. We don't, and they're docile to things that we get upset about. <laughs> you know, if we had this tournament, it'd be called something like the American Burnt Hot Dog. <laughs> you know, what I mean, if we tried to name stuff like this, you know. Oh uh, yeah, but that, that's not a really good name because you can't really overburn a hot dog. I mean, yeah, you know. that's true. They always have those memes on Facebook. <laughs> You know, where, where do you like your hot dog? You know, one to seven. Like seven is like this charred, you know, black briquette. And people are like, I want eight. I'm like, what? But I can, yeah. I'm not a big burnt hot dog. I like it right in the middle. I don't mind my pizza crust being burnt, like uh, if you're going to Connecticut and having some real pizza. But uh, that, no, hot dogs, I want them right in the middle. Nope. Got to be super crispy. No. <laughs> yep. You know, I don't know what's in those things. Uh, I, I don't want to know what's in those things. I don't think anyone knows. Does anyone know? The only thing that makes me feel better about eating them is when I know it's like cooked to death. I'm like, it killed everything that's in there. So I think that's how the uh, the hot dog contest started. The eating contest was people, uh, they just didn't want to know what was in them. They wanted to get them down as fast as possible. That's good. Yep. And then yep. they're like, hey, you know, we should make this a contest. Yeah. And you notice those are never burnt crispy. Those are. That's right. 
And I call the good old boiled hot dogs. Yeah, they got to slide down. They want no yep. friction. No friction. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the degenerate in you now is a new way to book action on GG Poker if you live in one of the countries that offers GG Poker, yes, obviously. Yes. Um, which has introduced a bet on flop side bet. They need to work on that name, too. That's just yes, yeah. uh, To its no limit. Uh, Hold'em cash games. Players can bet on a number of options for what the flop will be, from flushes to straights, and more red or more black. All the bets are against the house, not the other players, and wins and losses are posted to the players' banks, not deducted from their stacks, uh, like they would be if we were betting on the Kentucky Derby and the Antioch home game. See, now I let you have your joke. Yep. But it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. No, because we we didn't let you take it from the stacks, right? Uh, no, all the money for the Kentucky Derby came out of the player stacks. That's, <laughs> That's what made me mad. That's why Chris Cassenza on the live stream went up and tried to flip the table. <laughs> I, was, I was so pissed off. <laughs> You're taking money away from me to win from you. Uh, well, no, I mean, you could have entered the Kentucky Derby Cup. You had a chance to win. You still want to play our reindeer games, so... Oh, man, I was such a tight ass. I got to tell you, I don't know what was wrong with me, you know. Well, it was over pennies, too, you know what I mean? But I just, I don't know. I was so serious. I was so competitive. Good old two-skittle, four-skittle home game, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Chris yeah. was playing like it was the World Series poker. <laughs> you know, as I reflect now, my old age, as the show is wrapping up, you know, I can admit it. I can admit it. I was wrong, <laughs> you know. I do that a lot these days. I admit I'm wrong a lot. Uh, I'll tell you what I like about Bet on Flop, and it's not the name, which is horrible. Uh, but what I like about Bet on Flop, um, there is poker strategy here, I think, um, in terms of game and player selection, right? Because I think I, if I see a table where everybody is betting on the flop, which is not uh, based on any strategy at all, it's a coin flip, right, pretty much? Uh, yeah, I guess. But wait, but hold on. I don't want to interrupt your thought. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it though. So we we know that other people are making these bets. It's not just personal on your screen. That's a good question. I assume we know because I'm like any good marketing would show somebody making these bets. So uh, could, they would encourage you to make the bets too, right? Uh, like, I, I thought it was just. But I thought I only you would know if you won or lost. I didn't know they would be watching. I don't any country that allows GG poker, so I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. All right. we'll have our international uh, fans let us know what that's. <laughs> but I'm assuming. Yeah. So if it is, um, you know, now you can decide. I'm not going to say which is better or not. That depends on you as a person. But would you rather be at a table with people that are not making these bets or at a table with people making these bets? Yeah. Because it, it does pretend a poker strategy trait in you, right? If you are, as I mentioned, a degenerate. <laughs> right. Or somebody that, like, is Chris Casenza that uh, would not bet on that. And, you know, he's playing poker because it's a skill game, not a chance game, right? Right, right. So they know you're taking it either a little more seriously or you're not one to gamble on, like, putting all your chips in on a flush draw or something. Exactly. If I right. see somebody not not doing these bets, I'm going to assume that they are a very strategic poker player, very cautious, uh, very tricky, probably. Um, and if I see somebody just donking off $400 on a flop in a 1-2 game, uh, that's somebody I'm probably going to call down on a big bet because they're probably a big gambler in the poker game because they're obviously a big gambler on the side bets. Right? Now, I, I would say the flaw in that is someone who loved to do this was Phil Ivey. 
Yep. And you're just not going to outplay Phil Ivey. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, he's a degenerate, but he's also not stupid at the poker table. You right. know, so I don't know if you could actually assume that Phil Ivey is, or these types of players are going to just fit into this little nice, neat little box that you have for them. I don't know. Generalities. That's always a poker term, yeah. right? Generalities. Yeah, generalities. Oh, another information there. Yep. Um, but, you know, hey, um, and the other thing, too, about it, too, is this probably cuts down on multi-tabling. So, I, you know, I wonder what the GG Poker take is on these. Obviously, they're playing, um, uh, you're playing against the house, and I'm sure there's a rake involved in that, too, because GG Poker is not flipping coins for you, <laughs> right? So, I imagine there's some sort of rake there. So, um, but, uh, but now, if you're doing multi-table eight tables... And you're really invested in these stupid side bets. I don't think you're multi-tabling as much, right? I don't know if there's going to be a rake. I mean, it, there's no rake in roulette. There's no rake in those things. You're playing against the house and the yeah, bets. but there's an edge, a house edge. Right. There's still an edge in these things. I think. I think. Right? Isn't there an edge in these things? Well, I, mean, I guess it's probably there's probably um, like they're odds. They're paying you odds, odds on. If you say it's going to be all diamonds or something, they're going to pay you like three to one odds when it's like twenty to one that it's going to happen or something. You know? Yeah, so. I consider it a rake. It's not the same thing. Oh, you consider that a rake? Well, in the sense of the house taking the, the house will have better odds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, you know what? I feel like um, I feel like this is this has been out there before. Like we've talked about this somehow, but I do remember that someone did something like this in the past. But right. it's been time actually, right? I mean, of course, you know, you're asking two fifty or. 50 plus for you. <laughs> well, well, together, you and I are 50, over 50. Yeah, yeah we, we together, we are 100. We are 100. We could bowl a 100 doubles tournament together, 100 and over yeah, doubles so you're tournament. you're talking to a 100-year-old here, and uh, <laughs> memories are not uh, the best skill we have left here. The so. thing I remember about it, I thought, was that you can make those wagers with people at the table like they would yes, in real poker. That's true. Right? Yes, that's and it wasn't against the house. That's what I, But I don't remember what... What platform it was, or whatever. But uh, well, so in that sense, this is, makes more sense from the uh, company standpoint, right? Yes. yes. They're, they're raking in the money. They're literally raking in the money here. Yes. They're, as you mentioned, uh, stack the odds in their favor. Not a rake, like I mentioned, but uh, versus the other thing, which I'm sure they didn't take any piece of, right? It was right. just you know just a little bonus thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is actually probably really destructive to them because you know. You lose all that money. Now you're not playing anymore. You're not generating rake. If you win that money, there's no guarantee that money is going back into the game, right? Right, so, right. So yeah, really bad idea. Who came up with that? Very good idea. Whoever came up with this, they just need to hire Quas Creative to come up with a better name. Quas <laughs> Creative. Oh jeez, how many times you can squeeze that in the last Super. two and a half weeks? <laughs> hey, I got two weeks. I got to get going here. <laughs> Oh man! Seriously, bet on flop. Come on! I'm like that. That's like something. I'm gonna take your child to uh, work day. Come on! <laughs> like no creativity there at all. I mean, it's truth in advertising. That's the best I can give it. But not that's very hilarious. That's and, hilarious. and we're in the world on poker. Like where I'm like, I still sign on uh, poker um, uh, start at home games and play a couple of their, you know sit and goes every once in a while uh, on the free money site. And everything is like branded there, like Turbo Zoom and you know Green Goblin, and I'm like, I don't even know what these things are anymore. Yeah, and, and the GG Poker comes up with bet on flop, <laughs> bet on flop, BOF. It's like a double miss there, I think. <laughs> BOF with your BFF. Well, any of our international listeners are uh, on GG Poker, let us know uh, the answers to those questions. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the next week. <laughs> yeah, you're you're on the clock. You got a week left. Try to figure it out between now and then. 
Player leave it to the poker world to find a hack to the new Facebook sensation Wordle. Players have applied game theory to the daily word game, determining that words like a rose, talon, vapor, stare, snort, and the very appropriate rays are your optimal starting words, according to poker theory groups. Actually, uh, the New York Times bought this, didn't they? Yes, for the low seven figures. They are still waiting on an offer for any up from them. But. And I feel like this game has been around, too. I don't know why all of a sudden it's hot. I feel like well, there's been versions like of it. Yeah, I think it's, I think the guy created it for his wife, Big Sap. I'm like, great. You know, right before Valentine's Day, we had to have that thrown in our face. Yes, exactly. You know, flowers, that's great. This guy made a word game for his wife. It's like the astronaut who <laughs> put his daughter's initials in the moon. You know, you can never do anything good, good enough for your daughter ever again. So, yeah, it's been around for a while, but it's just taken off now because people started sharing it. It went from, I think, uh, like a dozen daily users to three million in a couple months is what Jeez. I read. I, I haven't even played it. I, it's popping up all over my feed, but I haven't even played it. That's the reason I'm not playing it. I'm sure I would love doing it, but I'm just so annoyed that my feed is nothing but these little right. dots now. Just trying to be insane. But, uh, but I did find this article interesting that uh, – I mean, because I get the basic idea of how the game is played. So – um, so yeah, coming up with, uh, words that will, you know, eliminate the letters as quickly as possible so you can guess it in, you know, two or three times is very appropriate. So I'm not surprised at all that there are poker players sitting around and, and trying to... Well, the other thing, it, it's not shocking that those are the words because when anybody who watches Wheel of Fortune knows that when they were doing it in the old days, everyone would guess S-T-R-N-L and then a vowel of E or A. Yep. And so when you look at these letters now, a rose is an A and R and S and a vowel E, a T, L, and I mean, they're the same exact letter. So it's not that shocking that snort, which has pretty much every letter that they would put on Wheel of Fortune. Now they automatically give you those letters when you do Wheel of Fortune. And of course, an old person would know that. I don't, re I've known it for years though. I just tuned in one day because my in-laws were watching it or something, but. I was shocked. I'm like, okay, here are the letters we give you. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell is that? It's like entering a poker tournament. I go, okay, we're going to put you at the final table. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, it makes sense that you know the poker world would dissect this and, and have a theory. Well, and, and dissect is the right word because I posted this on my personal Facebook yesterday, um, kind of like in my, in my backhanded uh, throwing shade at people for yes, this. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, but then one of our listeners is like, no, I I disagree. <laughs> I use a two word combination with these, and I'm like, all right, hey, go for it. You know? <laughs> as far as I know, none of you are winning money playing Wordle. But knock yourself out. Yeah, whatever. So I was just trying to give you a little head start there, but you know. Right. One of my buddies texted me. He's like, hey, are you playing this wordless game? Wordless? I'm like, wordless. He's like, yeah, it's it's, all, it's got all these. It's you gotta guess this. And I'm like, what's wordless? And he goes, you know, and I, I thought it was like a autocorrect, but he he was typing wordless. He did he didn't know what it was, and I'm like, no, dude, it's Wordle. And he's like, oh, you know, he's all, but I have, but then I was like, no, I've not played it. He's all, oh, you're an editor, you should play, you'd be really good at it. I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, it's like too much like work. Uh, well, apparently there's a swirdle, a swirdle out there, a swirdle. Yeah, it's all swear words. So that oh, jeez, I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that because I think. I think I'm probably better at guessing those. If it was Italian swear words, then I would join. Ah, uh, well, you could probably create one. I mean, here's the thing: is like it's not that hard to make this thing. So I, I feel good for this guy that he got his uh, low seven figures out of this because you know everybody in the 
Planet's going to have their own version of it here soon. So unbelievable, a million bucks for this. Very simple, very simple, unreal, yep. unreal. All right, a reminder that we have just two more episodes left. I know we're really sorry too, but it's uh, moving on. So if you'd like to send us a rem- remembrance, and we've gotten several already, so thank you. Uh, for the past nearly 17 years for us to consider for the final show on February 18th, email it to podcast at antiepmagazine.com. You going to be okay, buddy? I, I, I'm, I'll yeah, probably have to try that day, but you yes. You going to make it through the show? I will move on because, you know, I've got a great new company called Quaz Creative. <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> I just this is news to me. It's shocking. <laughs> hey, uh, for the last time, we have an O'Malley's move, so we're going to listen to the first part here. Then next week we'll wrap it up. So here you go. The last O'Malley's move. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. We have come full circle and are back to our roots playing in our regular $1, $2, no limit hold'em home game. The action has been pretty steady, as over the years the players in this game have gotten better, both in recognizing each other's tendencies and in the strategy involved in No Limit Hold'em. We bought in for 200 and have built our stack up to 325. We've been playing for three hours, and the game is nine-handed. The blinds post, the under-the-gun folds, the plus-one calls, the MP folds, the MP1 calls, and we are in the hijack with 325 and the jack of clubs, 10 of clubs. We make a raise here, accounting for the limpers, to $12. The cutoff folds. The button calls. This player has been our most common villain throughout the run of O'Malley's move. We have clashed with him more often than any other player, and we are very familiar with each other's style of play. He has been the best player in our game, and he started the hand with 400. The small blind and big blind both fold. The plus one calls. The MP1 folds, and we are going to a flop with around $40 in the pot. The flop comes down, the nine of clubs, seven of diamonds, tray of clubs. This is a very good flop for our hand. We have a flush draw as well as a gut shot straight draw. The plus one checks, and we make our standard continuation bet of $25, which we would do with almost all of our range. Without hesitation, the button calls, exactly as we expected him to. The plus one folds, and we are now heads up. There's around $90 in the pot, and the turn is the four of hearts. I was going to bet any turn, and my opponent probably knows this. We bet $60. He calls quickly again. There is now 210 in the pot, and the river is the deuce of spades. We missed. We have 218 in our stack, roughly a pot-sized bet. So I ask you, one final time, what's the move? It's time for the manspokertrain.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations. Actually, don't send your hands. Yeah, don't, we, we have enough. This is it. <laughs> we've, got two, we've got two more left, and we've got two more hands. So uh, hold on to them. So. <laughs> Give them to the next guy starting the show. And, uh, so if you haven't won something from us in the past year, you must gonna... have. So forget it. And, but we love our friends at Advanced Poker Train. They've been nice the entire time. So, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. See, we're just creatures of habit there. I didn't even think about, like, editing all that. So, oh, um, man. Fine. Terrible. All right. Take two. All right. The penupula- <laughs> well, I can't even say that word. Penultimate. There we go. That pen. Yeah. Penultimate. Hand of the week comes from Paul Garrettson. And uh, 
let's see. All right. Uh, oh, and the, here's the funny thing is he sent this in uh, about three weeks ago before we announced the show. Uh-huh. And uh, I just want to say, he said, I uh, just wanted to add that I love your show. I know you guys joke about closing up shop every week, but I hope you'll be making the podcast for a long time. <laughs> I look forward to it every week. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. You can look forward to it two more times after today. That's it. We didn't shut it down just because of you, Paul. We, we're not that vindictive. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> he says, I'm playing at my local Bay Area, Bay Area Casino. At the one, two, three table, the extra dollars from the button. I remember we used to play this at uh, Deluxer when we went out there, right? Yeah. And also, Palm like Beach. Didn't Palm Beach do this too? Somebody, yeah. Palm somebody. Beach did it too. Yeah. Very interesting. Yep. Yeah. So the extra dollar on the button. Uh, so I guess it's what? A two, three game with a dollar. With a dollar on the button. Line on the button. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here a button for $300. <clears throat> it now sits with 325 after getting lucky and winning my first hand when I was forced to post. Uh, so my only, only my third hand of the session, and I don't recognize any of the players. Uh, the other gun limps for $3. He says, this is an old player, and he sits with a very small stack of about $40. I don't know for sure, but he seems like one of these older players who's just happy to be at the table and let his stack dwindle down until it's completely gone. Okay. Uh, we're looking forward to those days. Yes. Coming. Coming. Uh, middle position player raises the $10. He has 300 in a stack. Uh, the next player calls, and we are in the hijack, Chris, with the nine of diamonds, seven of diamonds. Fold. Okay, see you next week. Two shows left. I'm Chris Cassenza. Only two more shows to make that tired joke, Chris. <laughs> uh, I, I would fold, though. I, 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 don't, I have no interest in playing this hand, especially for a raise and a call. And Yeah, why? You got one gapper that's suited. You're not. You got people behind you who could easily now re-raise and squeeze you out, or can just call and act behind you the rest of the way. If I'm going to play connectors or one gappers, I'd like to be the last one betting. Um, and if I'm not going to be, or if there's no chance I'm going to be, then I'm just going to let it go. Um, the other thing is, you know, it's it's just, it's the type of hand you get in trouble with. You know, it's the type of hand that you know you might hit. Like, uh, I don't know, hit the eight, you know, or something and think, oh, I've got, you know, but it's just not, I don't know. This is a hand I would fold. I really would. I would just say, ah, it's someone's raising, someone's calling, there's people behind me to act. I got nine, seven with a, you know, a couple of diamonds. I'm just, I'm letting it go, to be honest. Uh, yeah, so it's the second to last hand of the week of the anti-up era, so I'm definitely going to play here. <laughs> but, uh, but here are the reasons that, a couple other reasons that you didn't mention that I think uh, why you don't want to get involved in this. Um, one, as you mentioned, we're on the hijack, we're not on the button, so, I mean, we don't have complete control over this hand going forward. Um, also, we have the raise after the limp, so there could be some more raises coming after this, um, and, and we're definitely not going to play this for more money than $10, right? I mean, 10 you can make a justification, but if this comes 40 50 60 when it comes back, you're just throwing that 10 away. Yeah, so yeah. Um, just just not the best position, not the best, uh, certainly not the best hand, but uh, not the best position. Um, and we have a raise already. There's just too many ways that we're going to get in trouble here, I think. So. And there's one more thing I'll add, is we're brand new to the table, and we don't know how anybody plays. Exactly. Very right? good point. I mean, it'd be one thing if you're at the table with somebody for hours and you're up a bunch and you're speculating and you're like, ah, if I got to throw 10 bucks away and I lose it, it's no big deal. But if I can get in and flop big against that guy over there, you know, that's something. But in this case, you just sat down. Be happy that you got 25 bucks for basically 
you know, being forced to play a hand, and now you've got nine seven off, or not off, but nine seven. Yeah, let it go. All right, let's see. Uh, our hero court decides to call. Now, I guess the other thing is, if you're going to play, do you play for a raise? Well, I don't know. You're really going to re-raise because then the MP comes over the top again, and now you've wasted even more money with this horrible yeah. hand. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so our hero calls. And he says it's a hand that could flop big and is disguised well. I'll give you props for both of those. Uh, he says it also doesn't cost me much to get in, but uh, as we mentioned right now, $10 is a worth. Yes, worse. yes. Cost you more, though. Uh, all right, so we call the button and the big blind both call as well, but the under the gun surprisingly raises to $20, leaving only $20 behind. Now, I guess the only surprisingly thing here is that he left the 20 behind it and just put it yeah, all in. That's weird. Not surprised at all that it raised. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is our whole reason for not getting involved in this hand. So, um, the initial razor and the next player both call. Well, that's very. That's actually interesting to me now. So, mm. and it's back on us now. Uh, well, it seems like no one else is going to go crazy. Um, <sighs> I don't think the button did that, hoping that the under the gun, who is an old guy who just basically is dwindling a stack down, was going to make that weird move. So, I don't see them now popping it. So, I may just call. But it has to be a remarkable flop. You know, just because that guy only has 20 in stack, the other people still have money. And so it better be a remarkable flop for me. So I'll probably call the 10, but there you go. I mean, as Scott said it exactly. Now you've put $20 in this pot with 9-7. So, and you're not even last to act if the button calls. So I don't know. I guess I'll call, but I'm not happy I played this hand at all. Yeah, this is, uh, this is getting more dangerous every orbit here. So, yeah. All right. Uh, our hero says twenty dollars is more than I would have initially called if someone had just let out for that amount. But mount, but for only ten dollars more, and three easy payments. See, <laughs> this is the whole. This is how people buy those crappy kitchen gadgets at night, right? Yeah. Only ten dollars more now, uh, and with all the other money in the pot, it's worth it. I also believe it's unlikely the button or the big blind will raise since they did not do that when they had the chance the first time around. Okay, we'll give you that. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so just realize how you're, we're getting suckered in by the P.T. Barnum uh, carnival barking here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right, so we call. The button and the big blind both call. Squiggly, 110 in the pot after the rig. Uh, flop is the jack of clubs, six of diamonds, deuce of diamonds. Big blind checks. The end of their gun throws his last $20 in. The initial razor raises to 80 Next player folds, and now it's on us. Fold. I mean, I, I don't care that I have a 9-high flush draw. <laughs> I just right. don't. I don't care. And I, I have to go runner, runner for a straight. That's going to be a horrible straight. Yep. And I have not even close to the nut diamond draw unless it goes 7-8 of diamonds. Or 8-10 uh, of diamonds or 8-5 of diamonds, I mean. So, yeah, I, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of here like Kojak. Well, all right, so that would be my initial thinking, and I think it's probably the right play. But here's the thing. So I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is going to be three-handed. I, I don't think anybody behind us is going to call this. Um, you know, the under the gun is all in, obviously, for 40. So now we're, it's essentially heads up now for the rest of the hand with us and a player that I cannot imagine is on a diamond draw. Right? I, I, I just don't think he is. I mean, he raised preflop. Um, he kind of like stealthy, didn't re-raise when he had the chance when he came back around, and now he's raising here to 80. That's not, that's not ace-king of diamonds. I'm sorry, it's just not. 
So I feel like even though our flush draw is at nine high, if that flush comes in, I'm pretty sure we're going to win this pot. <laughs> I don't know, Scott. I don't I know. like that. The, you just got to run over my car, <laughs> squeak from Santa when I get done. I don't know. I'm out of this hand. I'm sorry. Here's why. Because there are a lot of people who could have limped in behind us who could have just had the Jack 10 of diamonds. And, and I mean, there's just a there's a, a bunch of diamonds so higher than ours that could still be in this hand. That's true. And, but uh, if we. And they wouldn't have raised. Now we kind of kill. Well, I don't know if we make it harder or not. I guess it depends on pot odds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I guess. How do you know some ace rag isn't on the button? It is not, I mean, you know, that's a diamond. Two, two diamonds. I, I just. Yeah, ace yeah. tray of diamonds is behind us. You know, who knows? And I would play it that way with ace tray of diamonds. It hasn't even gotten to me yet, and you're already planning on popping the 80 raise or calling the 80 raise and thinking well, the guy behind me is going to fold. I'm just saying, I, I think. You're right. We got some other players in the hand. If they, the other players weren't in the hand, or if we were confident they weren't, they, I think my 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 story would make more sense. But you're right. There is we 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 don't have everything. We haven't clued this out yet. We don't know uh, if the candlestick is eliminated yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm out of here like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's done in his hand. Yeah, but I'll tell you, at the end of the day, and, uh, I cannot believe that the MP has diamonds. So I, that, that's what I'm saying here. Oh, so okay. Okay. There's other reasons, I guess you're right, that we should get out of this. But uh, if it ends up being heads up, I would feel pretty comfortable with this $80 call, I think. But, okay. All right. Our hero says, I can't really put the undergun on the hand since his actions make no sense. Sitting with only $40 to start the hand, I imagine he has something. But at this point, I'm not playing against him, and I'm going up against the middle position player. I don't think he has a very strong hand. I can't think of a reason he would want to raise here if he flopped a set and no two-pair hands make any sense. I decided he must be protecting top pair, probably has ace-jack or king-jack. While it's expensive, I feel it's worth the call to try to hit my flush, which would give me both the main and side pots. So that's what we do. We call the button fold, but the big blind calls, proving Chris's theory right. So. Holy cow. Uh, 360 in the pot now, 170 in the main, 190 in the side. Turn is the nine of spades. Silverborn now is jack of clubs. Six of diamonds, deuce of diamonds, nine of spades. Middle position player shelves for his remaining $200. Uh, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, getting into that time machine. I'm making my fourth of my fourth payments here, all right? I, I got suckered in on this. Uh, oh, man. I order now. They're going to give me three of them. I just need to pay shipping and handling for the other three. <laughs> I mean, the problem is, so that nine is the worst card to come for us, right? Because terrible. That, that just makes us feel like, all right, now we got more outs, which we probably do. But I don't know if it's worth 200 now in a pot of 360. And we still don't know what the big blind is going to do. That's right. And we don't know, like our nine is not good. The person shoving either it's protecting a jack or has overs, as like or has an over pair and was being tricky. But our nine's not good, so now we have to hit a diamond and hope that that diamond gives us the nuts. And we also are hoping to hit another nine. But then again, you don't know if somebody's got a set of deuces. You just don't know. And when you look back at this. It, it, you have a pair of nines and a seven kicker with a, a draw that's not even to the nuts. You, you gotta, you gotta let this go. 
Yeah, you got to, but we won't. But we won't, because it wouldn't be hand of the week. <laughs> it's just so tempting. But this is a great hand to kind of sort of end the show with, right? Because this is really what coming coming full circle in our poker careers. I mean, we were terrible then, and we're terrible now. Yeah, but yeah. We, at least we know we're terrible now. So. <laughs> Figure out how our listeners play terribly, even though we play terribly too. So, <laughs> oh man, the last time Paul's going to be on the show and you're dissing him. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now he's going to win his hand, I'm sure, right? It's one of those like Game of Thrones things where you, you, it's not going to end the way you want it to end, Paul. Sorry. Well, that's a fantastic idea, Chris. After we end the show, let's do a prequel. <laughs> podcast what we did before scott will have a podcast on cross-country running and failing <laughs> i'll have the bowling career that goes down in flames when i start my journalism career he's <laughs> like the better call saul uh, yeah we're still waiting five years for that freaking season to come out the hell Got a little covid there it's hard to make stuff come on all right, here it says, uh, I know I'm behind, but I feel like I have outs of the flush. See, you're so real in now. Yeah. Possibly even hitting a set of nines or two pair if my read is right. I feel like I'm getting decent odds to call, given the total pop, but I'm hesitant to put my stack at risk on a draw since I've just sat down. However, if I win, then I'm sitting with a monster stack that I can use the rest of the night, I think, for a while and decide to make the call. Okay. I'll tell you what's going on. Go ahead. I just have to interject here. If you're going to play like this, you're not going to get to use that monster stack for the rest of the night. Because you're going to lose it again to playing this way. This is not the way to play. I, I, this is really interesting because in the last couple of days I rediscovered open-faced Chinese poker. Oh, jeez. Religiously, right? And then I don't know what happened. I just I didn't. I think the thing is I never found a good app for it. Every app that I downloaded, there was something about it that just drove me crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, but when I was reading the Wordle article that we mentioned at the beginning of the show it mentioned open face Chinese poker and I'm like, you know what? Let me see if there's a better app out there. And there is! So now <laughs> I've been thinking like nonstop for the last two days. Oh my gosh. And I am just as bad at it as I always have been because I can't lay off of throwing the Hail Mary pass to get into the fantasy land. In fantasy land, yeah. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We're throwing the Hail Mary pass to get into the fantasy land because we're hoping that, you know, we hit that flush, we hit that nine, we hit that seven, whatever, and then, then we'll have all these riches, and usually what happens is uh, you foul. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> you foul, and your other opponent's going to fantasy land, and next thing you know, you're down $97. So. <laughs> oh, man. But let's hope that doesn't happen. We'll see. Um, all right, so the big blind folds onto the river. Uh, our hero says, I hold my breath, and the river bricks out on me with a deuce of clubs. Oof. On a board, jack of clubs, six of diamonds, deuce of diamonds, uh, nine of spades, deuce of clubs. Uh, under the gun shows ace, ace, and wins the main pot. Middle position player shows jack of clubs, eight of diamonds. And wins a side pot with only a pair of jacks. Wow. Wow. Because he was worse off than I thought. If I had managed to hit even two pair, I would have won both pots. I looked it up later, and I was about 30% to win after the turn. He says, was that a correct call? Uh, I don't think so, right? I mean, three to one on your money or whatever. I, I Maybe. I don't know. 30%, one in three shot. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm still getting pot odds wrong all these years later. So, yeah. yeah. But, uh, no, I, I just think that that was just... A big mistake. You know, it's one thing to be like, okay, I may need to hit this to win, so that gives me percentages to increase my call, but 
when you know you have to hit to win, I don't like to risk basically my whole stack. It's just not worth it, no matter what the odds are. Uh, he goes on to say, during showdown, the older player who was under the gun excitedly threw down his aces like it was a nut, shouting aces, causing the middle position player to shout at him, who cares? You only had $40. You won almost nothing. He then uh, proceeds to rack up and leave the table with all my money. He says, it seems like there's some drama between the player before I sat down. Maybe that would explain the aggressive races with Jack 8 offsuit. Something has to, because common sense doesn't. I I don't know. I mean, the guy walked away with like 170 bucks with his aces. I think he got max value for those aces. He did, he did, yes. Right? I mean, that's typical for the way old school, old players would play those. They don't don't realize you want to narrow the field. You want to, he's trying to like, get the every you know blood from a stone kind of thing with his ten dollar you know thing but um he got max value i mean he quadrupled up and then left you yep. know if you could do it every time you were at a table you'd be you oh know, fantastic yeah you live in mansions so um but again the jack eight thing yeah maybe there was some drama there or something or maybe it was just people flexing their egos i don't know um, but you knew you were behind. Didn't matter that he had Jack Eight. Doesn't matter. You, you're you're playing the story, and the story's telling you he's got you beat this whole time, and you're trying for you know this miracle hit at the end. That's not not a miracle, but it still might not even have been good. This guy could have been shoving with some random ace in his hand, that ace tray or something of diamonds. So I don't know. It, it was just yeah. I do want to say though, I was right though. We, our flush would have been good. <laughs> Yes, yes, now, absolutely. Now, we don't know if the, if the big blind folded, though. I mean, uh, he got out before that river, so he might have been on higher diamonds. So, yeah. I guess we can't really like, crown me King of the North quite yet. But Wow, two freaking Game of Thrones references in one hand of the week. That's no why actually much, because that last season really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? Uh, it's been on my mind because I went in Monday to get another crown put on uh, one of my twos. And I literally have, like, so many crowns now that I should be the king of the world. Oh, so thinking of references like that, so it's in the back of my mind. That was, what a stretch that was. Very stretched, I know. I'm Are you going to watch the prequel? Of course. Yeah. I, I want to see you bowl with me uh, run, run across that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't forget, next week's your last chance to send us uh, some remembrances from the past 17 years or so. And uh, if we can, we'll get them on our final show on the 18th. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Locke. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of AntiUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AntiUpMagazine.com. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at AntiUpMagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.